right, got it. <laughs> All righty. Episode 45. Yeah, we did like a double, like we, we doubled up at some point where we, we said it was like episode 38 twice or something like that. So we're probably on episode 45, maybe. I didn't even know it was 45. I thought it was like 43, but we might be at 45, we might be at 46. Who knows? Yeah, because the last episode was the Page episode. Yeah, the Page episode. I got the uh, right. retro on pre-order. The Page right. back. So... so- so, uh, you know, we will we'll be chopping this up a bit, but uh, you just heard another voice. Uh, friend of the pod, would you like to introduce yourself? What's good, everybody? My name is Ian Max. I am a poet as well as an Islanders fan, a African-American Islanders fan. I met Desmond through Twitter um, about a good three to four years ago. And then we ended up linking up for some Isles meetups when I was watching the Mets downstate. So um, I've always been chomping out the bit to get on. And then this week happened to be a week that fit me perfectly um, with the players that I follow. And as an Islanders fan, given their, um, given their, their good form. I mean, even though Coyotes loss was a bit of styles battling against one another. I think that the Islanders are playing the hockey that we expected them to play now. So um, it felt like a good time to hop on. And I think Des and Mike for uh, putting me on. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yes. Uh, uh, happy that you're here. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so the Islanders did play tonight. Um, me and Desmond were both, Desmond was seeing a movie. I was at seeing a Wakanda forever. rock. Hey. I, was, I was at a rock show. I was seeing screaming females and touche amore. Pretty cool. <laughs> um shane moore is uh, great so, i saw them with yeah, yeah. composure and circus survive so um yeah cool bands cool bands it's the first time i've seen them in a little while uh, a handful of years uh and and so it, it, it ultimately what i'm saying is it seems like and you were blacked out of a good portion of the game you said um, yeah i was uh i was following the uh the tillian pearson apology tour while trying to um trying to watch these this islanders game upstate because they had the sabers and the uh and the rangers taking precedence right so losing to the golden knights and then the uh the rangers exploded in the third period against detroit for an eight yeah final. And, and so it, it looks like if there was going to be a game for all of us to kind of uh not see it seems like this is a, probably a good one <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was a typical uh, Coyotes Islanders game from what I did see. I, I did catch the third period on stream. Mm-hmm. Um, two periods, it was nothing, nothing. Yeah, period, very back and forth. Josh Brown and Matt Martin just loves. Um, had a feeling it it seems oh, kind of like the the Detroit game was like yeah, you know, it was it for sure. it's like parallel Detroit energy of like like the same type of styles, the same type of energy. Yeah play the coyotes are on the road for a long time so they definitely played a good road game i think that the third period was the period to decide it which is the one that i watched and then as soon as boyd slid over from the bumper to get that slot pass to make it one nothing coyotes it was game over um pressure calendars it was good pressure from the point but man i just want ryan pulak to hit the net once man (laughs) i'm really i'm really starting to get sick of these like 100 mile per hour slap shots that they sound nice, though. The acoustics are fun. Yeah. I mean, the acoustics but, were fun. They were buzzing but, around the net. I mean, it, it's I can see why they beat the Rangers and the Flames earlier this week, because they do have a good third period of style of hockey. But when you don't start games out against teams like the Coyotes 
or, you know, possibly the Blue Jackets on Saturday. That's a game I thought about going to that might be a trap game because I think the Blue Jackets, after seeing Torts, are going to want to make it two in a row, you know, and this is when yeah. I need to start playing sound, sound hockey as well as like trying something different with their system because we got to get, we got to stay with New Jersey. New Jersey isn't going to stop. So um, hopefully the Islanders uh, will take this loss to heart in a good way and not let it cramp their style. I think they'll be able to forget it pretty quickly. Uh, so you, you burn the tape on that. Yeah. But before, before we get too deep into the hockey side of things, do, do we want to, cause we might be chopping this up. We might be having more yeah. games to review. Um, just, uh, you know, we, Ian, thank you for reaching out about, about coming on. Um, I'm, I'm really happy to have you really unfortunate that we have to talk about, uh, what was another fucking horrendous week of, of hockey culture? Um, to state the obvious, you know, just people that uh, feels like maybe other Islander hockey podcasts. Respect to the good ones out there. But uh, of course, we want to, you know, talk about uh, talk about this whole Mitchell Miller fiasco that uh, the Bruins have, have brought upon themselves in the hockey world. Uh complete insane fucking weekend of uh you know just last friday yeah a you know they announce at like noon that they're signing mitchell miller to the highest elc amount that you can and uh and then within 48 hours of, of of uproar and and more and more reporting about the lack of communication uh, the lack of vetting, the, the, the way that so many uh, reporters were exposed as carrying water for the, <laughs> the vetting process. Uh, the Bruins, you know, rescind, tried to walk away from the contract mm-hmm. uh, late Sunday night. Uh, you know, Monday, Eustace King, uh, Miller's agent goes on goes on uh, the Tam and Strick podcast to give this. Uh, well, wait, I'm skipping. I'm skipping the part where the agent released the the press release about all the things right. that that all these different groups that he 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 you know uh, volunteered with. Uh, only for some of the volunteering that was stated there to be the court ordered ones, and other things were just uh, organizations that were approached but never quite worked with yeah. uh, hmm. Monday he used his King goes to elaborate for an hour uh, on the, the Cam and Strick podcast. And then uh, I, I can't remember if it was Tuesday or I think, I think Tuesday the HDA puts out their statement. And then yeah. Wednesday uh, we finally hear from I, Isaiah or we, we hear not say finally he, he spoke prior in, in, in 2020, when this fucking shit happened, or 20 last season, when this yep. it all came about, uh, Isaiah Meyer Crothers, uh, in his own words, through the HEA, uh, goes on to talk about how un- unrepentant and seemingly annoyed Mitchell Miller was in any of his uh, very recent uh, outreach to Mitchell, I mean, to, to um, Isaiah and, uh, and now where we're at is that it seems like the contract exists in some sort of fucking limbo where uh, the it seems like the Bruins are probably trying to figure first figure out who to blame internally 
while simultaneously trying to yeah. make a case while trying to make an external case as to why they have to, can try to get away with paying as little money as possible to this guy a true clusterfuck of epic proportions that's all just my attempt to try to convey the timeline up to where we are yeah, at sum it all up. 25 uh, so, so, uh, on thursday on thursday <laughs> less than a week yeah. after all of this shit has happened in less than a fucking week yeah it's been literally like as soon as i heard um literally like towards the end of last week that he had been gotten the elc i was at first i had tried to like compare and contrast it to the josh hosang situation as an islanders fan who's african-american i mean like he he was one of my favorite players and i knew his idiosyncrasies i knew what didn't work and what did work with the islanders culture and i had hoped that he could at least like get a opportunity or a second chance quote unquote like Mitchell Miller did with the CLC with the Bruins um but it's interesting that you mentioned the HDA because Vander Kane's on the HDA and he went through a scary incident on ice this week as well um but that's a whole conversation for a different day with his ex-wife and in that whole debacle. There's a but lot of things. There's a there's lot, a of, lot things of things going on there. Let- <laughs> to, to, to get it to the meat and potatoes, they didn't do a good job vetting him. And I think that the Bruins should have known, given their original six um, station as a hockey team in this culture, and given what Boston has as a city, I, I would have like to have known that they would have thought about that more because Boston already doesn't have a good reputation with brothers like me, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. That's that that's part of the reason why I decided to save my bread and go to the Boston game in February, because I want to hold a sign that says, yo, Mitchell Miller, like what's good. Like, what are you going to, what are you going to say to me? Like I'm wearing an Islanders reverse retro with Pajot on the back. I'm autistic. I'm black. Like I play hockey. Like what's good. Like, meet me face to face. And and that goes for his parents too, because his parents obviously didn't do a good job from what I've heard, like actually disciplining their child. If you can pay for all these travel hockey leagues, if you can pay for all these second opportunities that your son has without actually teaching him the right way to be with other players, then that's going to be the end all be all with the discussion because it comes from the top. And that's the same way I want to attack the Bruins with this. Like, what is your boys club? Like, just tell me what your boys club is. That's all I'm asking. Tell me what your boys club is. Pam Neely, the the Don Sweeney press, like two disastrous press conferences, like Don Sweeney talking about how, like one of the first, one of the first things he says is this uh, might not be the right decision. And it turned out uh, you were uh, you were actually correct on on being wrong there, Don. And and then Cam Neely on the bookend of it, uh, uh, talking about how like the new information thing, this whole like scuttlebutt about the new information, and him being asked about what the well, new information was. was... Yeah, I want to let so, so, get in on this because. So, 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 so ultimately what what it feels like and and again like so so ultimately what it feels like right is that the bruins weren't the only team that was interested in signing this guy it's such a big problem um, <laughs> right so so the ultimate reason why 
they didn't get the the vetting process was so kind of non-existent i guess is kind of probably the, the right way to put it <laughs> is because they were probably there was some heat here you know they were hearing like you know one two three other teams were in on this guy and they wanted to be the first to and and the 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 first to get him because he did have a really good season who's playing in the ushl i i'm not positive um yeah yeah same with like the debut like the whole ushl with the chicago steel that's sort of like the league that kind of gave him a second chance at it but to sure like wait the lollipop incident i don't i don't know how you don't vet that well so it, it it, it, and it goes beyond even just like it's crazy to say this, but it goes beyond even that because it's one of these things where it seems like the ultimate problem is even I, I shouldn't say even more so because ultimately the problem is what happened. All of it. The jumping. entire thing is it's like it's, it's but, like so- but but here's here's the reason why most people, you know. Are the reason why uh, the hockey world at large is kind of being, uh, uh, I don't want to say so hard on on this, but but maybe that is the right, you know, like they're they're being, uh, uh, what's what's the the way to put this? Um, the reason that there's kind of no uh, no forgiveness from anyone, you know, ninety five percent of the hockey world on this is because more so than just that it happened that he does not seem remorseful for it. This is one of those things where at, at, while uh, there would be a good amount of people who would be like, I, I, I cannot and will not forgive you for this. You, you got to imagine for a player that seems to be really good. If he apologized in a meaningful, in a way that made it seem like he actually meant it, there would be enough people not saying that I am one of these people but there will be enough people that ultimately get to say whether or not he plays in the NHL that would be like, okay, we can clearly see that this was someone who did something wrong at, you know, a young age and he clearly seems sorry for it and, and is putting in the work to change. Uh, but he's not putting in the work. He doesn't seem remorseful. Um, and, and so, so it's like, it's a thing where it's like, not only is the thing that happened so long ago, so horrible, but he doesn't even he, he he doesn't even understand why or to what extent how horrible it really was, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, this is a big thing that's in hockey culture that Mitchell Miller is just the tip of the iceberg of. I, I play in a men's league in western Massachusetts, like around the Otis area where it's pretty uh it's pretty red. I'm not gonna hold mm-hmm. you. And, and I was carrying my hockey bag to the men's league game on Tuesday. This was before I knew about Evander Kane's incident. And uh, I, I heard the N-word literally as I was walking into the rink. And, and, and I was just like, well, so it begins. But I didn't know if it was a team that I was playing with or playing against. And then I make some jokes about Mitchell Miller. I make some jokes about Evander Kane. And then everyone's like, oh, 30, 30 seconds in, I like this guy. You know, he's something different. You know, I played a good game. You know, I didn't really care about it until I saw the Evander Kane incident. And I really brought it full circle with it is that we're not accepted in this culture to begin with. And this isn't changing anytime soon, unless an incident like this has the backlash that it's had. 
And I hope that more and more backlash like this happens where we start to get to the root of the problem, because this is a permeating thing that's in lower levels. If he was able to play USHL with this sort of backstory and not even have any questions asked by the Chicago Steel or the Dubuque, like the, the Red Wings team that's in that league, like there's so many teams in that league, Madison Capitals, that, that have enough jargon and have enough place in the pedestal to say something about this and they didn't so then what's the culture where does the culture stand at this point because people were ripping evander kane for what he did in the past this dude almost bled out on the ice and died like what is the what is the double standard here with black hockey players and black autistic people with white dudes like mitchell miller who can just do patrick kane celebrations and not have any consequences with how they're acting outside of the culture or outside of the rink because a hockey player carries what is outside of the rink in the ice into the ice and vice versa, like any sport. So, yeah, you know, and, and I mean, within that and, and within all of this, it's, it's one of those things where, like you said, what's outside the ice comes, comes into it. I, I, and it's one of those things where, these are so these are you know issues of the greater society the society at large obviously therefore if it finds its way into the niches of society the specific you know worlds and 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 within hockey obviously it it, it obviously finds its way there especially when when you factor in the uh, economic barriers that that it takes to get into hockey it 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 usually is certain profiles of people that that get to even be a part of the game beyond the inside of it. So it's one of those things where because of that dynamic, then it becomes that much harder to handle these things with, with, with a proper amount of genuine sensitivity um, and consideration beyond can this guy play hockey yep. um, in, in, in places of, of serious, uh, Power and, and what's very frustrating is that, and what I loved about the the um, HDA's statement, which is that part of Eustace King's statement and part of a lot of the, well, I don't know about you know, we can't banish him forever, right? Type of rhetoric was this conversation about restorative justice that never exists. It it think think about how much the election that just fucking happened this this week and and, and the past work week. how much I, fucking conversation and like w- and how much animated like political conversation there was about crime about law and yeah. order about you know i'm tired of people that that uh i'm tired of bail reform i'm tired of this i'm tired of concealed like, carry all, all, all this th- there there's just such a con the conversation about restorative justice never gets to be about the the people that are fucking sleeping under the train tracks or like right down the street from my exactly. apartment. There never gets to be anything about that, but it, it, it gets to be about this dude from Sylvania, Ohio that has gotten to play uh, yeah. like, you know, competitive club hockey, travel club hockey his whole life. Uh, and, and seeming like that's what, that's where the conversation comes about. It's, it feels very disingenuous. And that's part of what I loved about the HDA's statement calling that out. Um, and it's, it's just one of those things where 
like I I uh I don't know I don't know how the league will get to in good conscience deal with any because because Bettman tried to do the whole he's not gonna get to play in the NHL. Yeah. But but you didn't you did not let the HDA be a part of the NHL in an actual way. And because of that, and and to be clear, it's it's the HDA wants to have and needs to have a level of independence, a good I mean, it needs to be an independent entity from the NHL to for it to truly be what it what it is. But they could have a relationship and they don't. And that's Bettman's fault. And and what you're seeing now is when you don't take those steps, yep, this is exactly what you exactly. allow to have happen. And you're 100% on the money because Batman was on the Arizona stream that I was watching for the Islanders game tonight. He was literally talking about how Mullet Arena was like, didn't have NHL away locker rooms, but everyone's raving about the ice. It's a good interim solution. And it's like, where's your head at? You know, and, and it's literally, it's not yeah. a carbon copy comparison to this issue, but it shows where Bettman's head at is with this compared to other issues in the league that are actually dragging the league down. Because what you mentioned about economic disparity is the reason why I'm an Islanders fan. I cannot afford Rangers tickets growing up in the city with a single mother. I, I'm like, like the only hockey team that resembled the Mets to me, like my father's team, which is the Mets is the Islanders, you know, because they were cheaper, you know, they were blue collar. They were Sean Bates in the penalty shootout against Toronto. That's what really got me woken up because before that I was, wearing, a- I was wearing the goat head and the meth cat. I was a predator and Sabres straggler. <laughs> For the logos? Was it for the logos? Miro Shatan. Yeah, with Miro Shatan, with the goats, JP Dumont, Stu Barnes. Like, I was legit (laughs) a Rick Jenneret stand because I didn't have a team because the Rangers were just like Eric Lindros after the Flyers debacle with tickets that I couldn't afford to watch. But I couldn't go out to Coliseum, and I've only seen the Islanders at Barclays. I've yet to see them at UBS, and I've only seen them win on the road. Yeah. Them win on the road. And it was in Philly, so I couldn't even celebrate like that. They won six to one with Leonard in that. I was just like, so I can't even celebrate an Islanders win. Every time I went to an Islanders game in Brooklyn, lose to the Oilers, lose to the Hurt. <laughs> you know, like like any team that I could wish them to beat, they couldn't beat. That's why I didn't go down this weekend for Columbus. Because I'm like, if my if my butt went down to see them play Columbus, Johnny Gaudreau would score a brace or a hat trick. They probably Johnny Johnny. We call him Johnny regular season hockey around these parts because that that <laughs> man right. has never seen the playoffs ever again after after refusing to take a, a volunteer contract for the Islanders. And, and that's that's the point why I want them to win Saturday, because I want this team to get past what they did against Tampa Bay two years ago and three years ago. Yeah, this team has an opportunity to be a diversity linchpin in the New York hockey scene because. The Devils are playing great, but what are they going to do in Newark, whereas the Islanders can't do that in Belmont? This is when I want to see people reach out. Get I, so, diverse fans in the stands. Like, get some more diversity in the atmosphere. Because that's- Belmont needs to do that for sure. Because I, I, I believe the Devils actually do have some sort of initiative uh, plan. And I, I know, I believe the, the sponsor, I'm not sure it was last year or this year, but when it came to, I think, 
might have been helmet sponsor. They, I think they might have been rotating helmet sponsors. They did the, uh, they did the alternate and... jerseys with a black designer. So those jerseys yeah. are designed by a black artist, which I think is very nice. So yeah, and and, and the Islanders definitely are are lagging behind. Um, but I, well, I mean, but they, they do have that with the Royal Oak. Uh, is it Royal Oak Forty Three? That that uh, group. Um, I mean, they did like youth hockey group. So, so it's, I mean, it's one of those things where I, I think I'm hopeful to see where, where they go, but it's, it, it, what it comes down to for me, just when it comes back to like the Mitchell Miller side of things is that like, it's one of those things where the fact that this fucking happens really speaks to like all the factors of it speak to like, it's, both like so many so many actors within this Mitchell Miller story to me feel like the thing that they were trying to do is just like I don't know how to put it it, it, it it's almost like they were Mitchell Miller seems like this whole thing has been a, his persistence to continue playing despite not being particularly contrite feels like fucking like an insult like it feels like yeah. It was a game within a game of sorts. This whole thing of like, could I get, could I get inside enough before I had to do a damn thing? And then exactly. it was just about that. I keep doing this behavior until I had, and how many people allowed and how many people were allowing and literally creating an infrastructure to get to, to do that. It's, he was it's wearing fucking, North Dakota. Like his whole thing when he got drafted by the coyotes was North Dakota and they had just changed their name from the Sioux. To, to whatever that name is that they have now, which which is like very shocking to me because that team is trying to. He's followed him. It's fo- like no, he follows. Just- he, he follows. <laughs> he follows anything that's like on that same wave. And it's like, when is the mother and the father just going to say, yeah, we have some biases and I they think done and we're sorry. Well, I think there's the parents are a big part of why he is how he is i think i think the reason you don't have and like the thing about you know when people are trying to do not necessarily devil's advocate because i i do feel like i think there is value for us being very considerate about um if we want a society that is just not prisons on prisons on prisons then we need to figure out restorative justice we need we need to figure things out like that however even within restorative justice and you still can apply restorative justice to places that feel horrifically heinous but it it, it requires a very conscientious deliberate and and usually a collective it it requires an effort from the the person that was that was in the wrong It, it it requires a level of grace from the person that was that was wronged and, and it requires a community, uh, a, a collective effort to make sure that, that, that what needs to happen happens. Well, you in, just in, hit the in, nail in on the head on the segue, because what does this say about Boston hockey culture? What does it say about the Bruins? Yeah. I mean, it, it says that it says that the players, um, and I mean, you know, it, this was talked a little about a little bit on puck soup, but it talked about how the, when you, at a certain point, talking about character becomes a performance. And I think, I think, 
I I think that that you know the players in in the like I think the, the Bruins players, I think that they earnestly are players of character. Seemingly, the fact that that Bergeron and and Marchand and yeah. uh, and and Felino spoke up was was quite so, was 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 big. And I think if they don't, then I think the this shit moves move, keeps it moving. Um, yeah, I, I I think that probably those three saying saying what they said was kind of the nail in the coffin for his relationship with the Bruins. I, I, the you know say it's, it, it's a thing where I feel like they anticipated blowback from everywhere but to get it from within your organization from your play from your uh, two of your best players uh your captain is like enough for, yeah for, and 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 crazy crazy enough it, it's so weird man the team's off to the best start in like the, i i i they're nine and they were nine and two when they when they signed this guy like it's it's not like a thing where they're like we need to we we need to fucking switch things up to get this get this thing going. Like they have this like last dance thing going on, where everyone signed. You know the so vibes were great. The vibes yeah, were they're going killing it. Great. I watched them play Dallas before this happened, and they fucking destroyed it. Excuse my language. Like they are playing the best Bruins hockey I've seen in a minute. And so there's no, there's, there's, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. But I guess they see, they, they saw it as, oh, this is a competitive advantage. Like, you know, this is basically like we need to get in before others do because they don't necessarily draft super well too. (laughs) And they figure this is an opportunity for us to have a high-end prospect for essentially nothing because yeah, cheap because he because of his 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 rough past and i guess you know i don't know man it's 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 it, like I, again it seems like such a rush job because there were other teams that were interested in signing the kid and I, I i genuinely wonder if they were the only team who were interested if they would have taken a little bit more time with this and then ultimately decided it is not worth it i wonder uh or if if uh you know at the end of the day someone goes well you know what He's a really fucking good player. Yeah, and they're like, ah, fuck it, let's. His just wrist shots too nice. We don't care that we that he made a black autistic kid eat a urinal cake. <laughs> He's got it's, that that release. <laughs> he can really he, turn, he, he can turn he, he can turn a, a mean corner he, out of the, he like, a, and, He can make a cycle. And what in the offensive zone? And again, the the thing I I really want to hammer home is. uh listening to a couple of different podcasts and hearing from friends who know people who know him to a certain extent or interviewed or know people that interviewed him before the draft. Uh, the thing that, that kind of keeps coming back uh, that, that everyone keeps coming back to is he kind of doesn't care about this. It doesn't, it, it feels like he does not actually feel sorry and he more than anything just wants to say what he needs to say in order to continue to play hockey and, and that that's the biggest problem right because i, I don't want to that maybe that's not the Welcome best to upstate it's not the biggest, it's not the biggest to problem. <laughs> but you know the, the thing about that like you know i think the thing one of the things to take from all of this is that like 
the Bruins, the Bruins doing this while going while they were on like at 10 and one. Yeah, while they're killing it. While they're doing it, it does speak to so many parts of this story. So so much so much of what was trying to happen in the in the attempted making of Mitchell Miller here to me mm. is trying to utilize the I like trying to 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 utilize as an accessory like as a battering ram the idea of hockey all this talk about what a club can be the way a club can can change a player the way yeah. the way all this and 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 that that the, you know as long as the team's going because our team is so good we can and our franchise is so good we, we can, can just make get this, this guy good again and and it's go one of those, to all the black parts in Boston and just give them hockey pucks and that's play. what they were gonna do. Like um, it, it makes you wonder. This is gonna show sure. that New England isn't New England anymore. It makes you horrified. I just welcome any player from Dor- Dorchester and Jamaica Plain in the ghettos of Boston to come out and eat some bean pots and just say, "Hey, we're all welcome to play this game because hockey is for everyone." I'm I'm glad I'm glad we given the amount of thought that was put into any of this, which was zero. I'm very glad to to not know what types of fucking plans they maybe were trying exactly. to 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 what some of these community stops. Like, they were waiting for ch- February. Chances are, chances are they were waiting for February. Oh, Jesus, Christ. they were waiting for me to show up with some anti Mitchell Miller stuff. And then they're gonna offer me freaking VIP suites at the garden. Man, well, I'm glad I'm glad Mitchell Miller won't be there when you go. I, I hope I hope that uh yeah. he makes me want to go now. That's the only well, he won't be there. There's no there's no chance in hell that uh I I sadly don't think that I can say that this is the last I I'd like to say, I'd like to say there's not a chance, but the last time I was like, nah. And that was a year ago. Yeah. So I, I'm just I'm I'm hoping that we don't get a sequel here, but I'm certain it, it won't be when you're yeah. at that uh at that game <laughs> in February. <laughs> so I'm glad. Sometime next year, I, I I assume we'll hear his name pop up again. Oh yeah. Um St. Louis will be looking for somebody. <laughs> they they can use some offensive prowess. Oh man, they're they, for Braden Shen. <laughs> Yeah, this is yeah. hockey's problem. This is hockey's problem with this issue, Desmond. Because like you're you're Filipino battling like I am, and like this doesn't Jason make Jason Robertson baby game either. I want to go to Yesman Outfitters and being like, when are you gonna drop a do rag in the fisherman? I feel like Ian. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I I think I, I I worry that 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 might open some some bad doors for 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 the. <laughs> I don't know that we can trust real quick. I don't know. I don't know that we can trust, trust it, uh, trust, trust the Islander community at large. Uh, I, I guess ultimately I, I think what, what, if you had to guess, where do you think, you know, wh- what do you think the longstanding effect that you hope comes like on a structural level level uh, and a cultural level for hockey, like out I, of this. I, I've got something. I think here's here's what I think that I I I think that while there is a major 
uh, hockey culture problem with, you know, race stuff uh, and, and just about every other marginalized group. It is very much a straight white guy sport. Um, I think that this is one of the more extreme cases that we're going to see that I've ever heard of in my lifetime. I don't know about back in the day, uh, but, but moving forward, I kind of think we're not going to hear about this kind of shit because I don't think it's going to get this far. I don't think. Uh, uh, I don't want to interrupt you, Mike, but to counter you, Willie O'Ree is one of the first black hockey players in the NHL and he played for the Boston Bruins. So for you to say that they like, this is an extreme case. Yes. I want to agree with you. I hope to God that I agree with you, but why the Bruins? Well, they have Willie O'Ree's number retired in the rafters and they're trying to actually show that they care about brothers who are different, who play hockey. Then why are they signing a dude who made a black autistic kid who in since first grade, look at your cake, like a lollipop. So that's, that, that's what I'm getting at. I think that the, the, the kid is fucked up. This kid is so fucked and, and he looks I, like a family guy character too. A little bit. Uh, I, I, I don't, I just, I, it's maybe it's, it's me wanting to believe that there's, that there's just not that many, there's, there's not, there, there just can't be that many evil people out there that like, I don't know, man. I, I don't think, I, I don't think we're going to see something comparable, um, because I one I don't think it'll get this far because I I, I think the teams are going to be smarter and take a little bit more time when it comes to the vetting process and that that includes you know that includes a, a situation where if there were another instance like this a team like the Coyotes wouldn't even wind up drafting him like if it's if it's that if it, it, beat if, us if tonight it, if it's if it's that like if it's that bad if it's a, you know kind of a parallel to to it being this bad and again. The, the the biggest reason why these teams can't like with with the 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 public uh backlash on top of it they can't talk themselves into it as much it's it's it, or or i should say the the, the public outlash is that is this much is because the kid doesn't seem remorseful at all i i think this is like a, almost like a perfect storm of hell well i i it's like a thing where maybe ultimately the the good that comes from it is uh teams do a little bit a little bit more time take a little bit more time with background check stuff honestly other than that background check i would have wanted was evander kane smashing his face in but evander kane's got a slit wrist and that's the issue it's like the whole hockey diversity alliance response that desmond said is on point because you want to have revo you want to have these guys backing backing brothers like this up like i wish boku mama could could tackle him on the coyotes right now but is he gonna get called up who knows mm-hmm. and that's the issue it's like we don't have reinforcements in this league to play the game that mitchell miller is trying to play because what i saw with austin matthews during that fight that he just stood there and watched mm-hmm. that caused by him is exactly what mitchell miller would do with a brother on the ice, like the Jordan Subban incident with Jake Pavetta with the Jacksonville Iceman. Like this is lower league stuff that is now reaching NHL level. That's a good point. 
that's a good point that 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 you you used to hear about this horrible shit mostly from lower league shit and now it's creeping up more and more it's been there yeah and i mean i, I literally uh, something that i think might be at play like as far as things that that can change is is mm-hmm. that they almost on some level and and as honestly this it sucks that that this is how a lot of times things change but this is also like financially it's it is it is such a mess to to act like this that it it, it will force them it will force the league to have like various different um you know uh social like i i don't even know the word for it like so social morality like yeah like, like a pro- social like, like, nuance like, when i'm expecting this type of miller jersey i'm expecting to see a poop the, the, there's there there's uh there's there's a need for some level of uh like cultural cultural like stated cultural standard uh for you know approval to play in the league which honestly i th- I can see the league going for things like that, and, and where where I see all this getting crazy is where the NHLPA. Yeah, I mean the PA is, is, is going to the the PA seems like they don't like Miller, but they have his back. It just seems Which, like this is. They didn't have Josh Hosang's back. They didn't have Evander Kane's back. They didn't have they didn't have any other brothers back. Like, that's, like Greer, I want to hear Mike Greer's take. But San Jose is so bad that he's got to worry about his general managing job. See, like we need voices in this in this league that can like say hey what happened here is not okay because of x y and z because that'll make you feel better yeah but without that right now when you're getting a blanket statement from the hda when they're in flux like where is anson carter i haven't heard anything from him evander kane's trying to get his life back together so i can't hear anything of him revo's trying to get the rangers back together so like there's nothing from him there's no there's nothing that's an antagonist to what Mitchell Miller is doing. So of course the Bruins are going to say, Hey, why not? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to drop. Go for it. No, no, it, it's, it's, I guess what it, what it comes back to is that like there, there needs to be a, like a, a empowered H the HDA basically needs to like, be an empowered thing and it needs to be a built up entity. So it's not just the collection of players that it is now because a bunch of them are uh, active players or, or players that, that are recently retired and it's only a handful of them. So they don't, yep. they don't like, there isn't the space. It's not a, a organ. It's not a, a, um, you a know, nonprofit organization. It's not, it's, it's not a, a formalized thing. So it's, 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 uh, because you know team. it's not it's uh it's the burden like i said a collect collective action is needed because the burden can't you need you need you need to like uh empowerment of, of the people that are at the center of the pain but you also need you you need the people beyond that circle the bridges between them uh to be built and it's uh it's it's uh it's a long road to go but uh i i think um Honestly, if we don't get there, this shit's not worth talking about or fucking no, following. No, it, because something like this, this week felt like shit. Yeah, because I felt like crap this weekend and I was angry. 
And I don't want to be angry playing or looking at a sport that I love because they don't want to have the double standard eliminated. That's very prevalent. I, I think that for me to be this in this position now, when this could have been addressed when I was playing Bantams, when I was playing Peewee, you know, like these are things that other black hockey players and other black autistic people have to go through on a day-to-day basis when they go to school, when they go to interview for a job, when they go to live life. Like, like what happened to Mitchell Miller's victim is something that will affect him the rest of his life. This affects yep. Mitchell Miller's hockey career. Yes, I'm, I feel bad for the kid. But if I'm a white dude with mad money, comparing to the other kid who I made, like, lick a urinal cake like a lollipop, like, there's, there's levels. Yeah. And there's levels to this. And I think that hockey needs to realize that there's levels to the impact that they have on culture. Just because fans don't watch it doesn't mean that people care or don't care. Because mm-hmm. I love hockey. And I want to look at hockey as one of those things where it's like I have to be at a protest. Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what the issue is. I don't it want to feels... be protesting Mitchell Miller and the Bruins when I watch the Islanders play on the road in my reverse retro. I just want to be like, yo, I hope Pajot plays well. I hope the Islanders play a good game. That's it. Because I don't mm-hmm. be at TD Garden wondering if that Bruins chick is going to spill like nacho cheese on me and then say something that involves an N-word that will get me in a situation that has me amped up beyond it. Yeah. This is something that Desmond might have to think that because of what's going on in his country, which is abhorrent. Yeah. But but I, 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 it, this, is, this is where we need the mics of the world to just be like, yo, can you stop? Right. It sucks, man. It sucks because it's like, it's fun. It's fun talking hockey. It's fun just chilling. And it's it just sucks. Like it's it sucks because I, we, we 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 like we found we found each other over hockey and music and like all that shit is fun and it's so frustrating thinking like hockey like yeah the fun the, the fun that you have with the people interview. that you enjoy hockey with and then and then when you have shit like this happen and you kind of like think to yourself like right what the fuck else is going on here exactly like. I think I, it's it's twelve oh yeah it's yeah. twelve six if we can uh, make yeah so 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 let let's wrap it up and then we'll 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 basically we'll we'll come back and talk a little more specific hockey stuff. I assume that you know there's a good chance that this stuff will 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 come up again, but uh we'll we'll kind of like put a pin in it right now, um being the time that it is, and then we'll uh we'll we'll talk about how the Islanders have been playing um amongst other things when we uh when we get back to that um so yeah uh ian thank you for being on thank you we'll have you soon or the tail end of the episode or i don't know if it's going to be the first hour or the second hour of this episode thank you again to ian uh whether whether you're after this or before but that was uh that was it was nice it was i mean it's it was a heavy conversation obviously 
but it was nice to actually nice is a strong word, but it was, it, it felt um, real to get to actually have a actual conversation about it, especially from someone speaking from a place of experience with all of this um, Mitchell Miller related fallout. Um, so, and so whether, whether you just listen to that or you're about uh, or you're, or you're going to uh, in, in a little bit, uh, thank you, Ian. Um, all right. We've talked a lot about that. Let's, you want to talk about the Islanders, Desmond? Well, as the definitively my favorite team, um, whereas with you, it's like a little bit less certain. Um, yeah, I, I would love, I would that, love to. That's um, like, that's like, I, I made an outline and that's like bullet point four. Uh, Oops, did in, I, did my... I, did I, did I mess that up for you? Yeah, you Oops. did. I've got a, I've got Oops. a tight, I've got a tight outline here. And I was going to address my allegiances. Well, um, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So, uh, the Islanders have won nine of eleven. Nine of eleven of their last games. They're eleven and six right now. They are four and two since the last pod with wins against the Flames, the Rangers, the Blue Jackets, the Senators, and losses against the Wings and Coyotes. Uh, very specifically, the Flames and Rangers wins stick out. Uh, the Blue Jackets game you were at, and I believe you were at the Flames game too. Yes, I was. And shout um, out to Jared Hiller, Jar- Jared Hiller, friend of the pod, bringing us bringing us down to uh, his one percenter seats in the one hundreds. Uh, I, I think I think similar because I, th- I think he was one eleven. You were one oh six. So I think you guys have like roughly equivalent views from when you were at that game where the Islanders beat the avalanche actually um great views to see overtime to see overtime from from that level was crazy but yeah th- those wins so yeah were the huge ones of this of this batch um yes yes and 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 I want to say the the Flames and Rangers win specifically the Blue Jackets win um you were at the game, so I'm sure you can speak for the atmosphere. And the Senators win. Uh, Islanders just winning a game that they need to. Um, let's let's get into the wins. Let's let's forget about the losses right now. We'll address that, uh, which honestly is not a ton to address because there's so many games in a season that if you if you put every single game under a microscope, you're a fucking insane person. But we're gonna we're gonna kind of like we're gonna kind of toe that line and kind of just you know maybe not put all of these games on our microscope, but maybe we'll just, we'll, we'll glance at them with a magnifying glass very quickly. Um, so, uh, let, let, let's start with the Flames and Blue Jackets because you were at both of those games. Can you speak for the atmosphere, kind of the vibe of basically like the Blue Jackets game I did not get to watch, the Flames game I was watching the entire thing on TV kind of just like, you know, one of those like, oh boy, this is you know, it's uh, it, it, it hit a point where it was three to one. I want to say, right? Let me was, look. I I I was looking at the box score just a second ago. Uh, it I, was I, yes, it was because it, it, yes, because the uh, the the back to back games were back to back three one deficit overcomes. That's right, and uh, me and I I want to say I was watching with Scott, we were at rehearsal and I, I feel as if I remember a three, two goal and I go not over yet, buddy. And he said something to the effect of, yeah, we'll see about that. And then they tied it up and then they won. 
Um, I remember I remember being pretty elated about that and that Ranger game. But 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 go ahead, speak on the atmosphere, especially during that comeback uh in in the place i can speak to the atmosphere on a comeback from a different game uh later on so so the um the game against the flames it was uh i mean the the turnout uh was not great it was a monday Mm -hmm. um it was a a game in november again it was november 7th game against the the calgary flames sure on a monday night you know it it, it's the it it was uh not a, a full house even if maybe i think that i think the islanders attendance it's crazy that the islanders attendance rate is like so great because of how much they made a killing on season tickets um mm-hmm. i guess like the buy-in you know sign up the first x amount of years of the of the place but um it not it was not fully attended let me tell you tell you that but right it it was one of those things where uh, it felt like it it felt daunting. It felt a lot of the lines were not clicking in that sec. The second uh, second period was was a pretty pretty shitty looking period. Yeah, but then the uh, the third period is is when you had you had the 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 mega line. I guess the closest you'd get to an Islander mega line. That's Barzell, Nelson, and Lee. Yeah, correct. And, and yes, and and it was interesting. I mean, it was just interesting from a from a standpoint of we. I I don't think in any of the Trots era there was ever a time where they were down. Like that where he, it was just uh well we're losing so we <laughs> might as well, and we have nothing going on. Let's just put our best guys regardless of position. And uh, it, I love that. I I love. I mean, the thing is, and this has been the story of the season so far, is that Sorokin kept them alive. Like mm-hmm. they were getting the final shots in that game were forty six to thirty two for Calgary, right? And, and and Sorokin fucking just they when they were when they looked dead for the first like forty minutes of the game. Or I mean, they looked decent in the I, I to me the first half of the of, of the first period, but mm-hmm. then for thirty minutes they were just completely gone. Yeah. Um. Sorokin was just like killing it, and and they were able to come alive. Uh, and and the fucking overtime was amazing. I mean, I mean, um. <laughs> Being at being at, at at UBS for the overtime games, and I'll get to you know Columbus after that. But it it it's uh it was great once uh especially like so so the legal that made it that cut it to three two yeah was uh halfway through the third and then Paul Mary scored right after. But once to your point, like from watching at home, like at home, watching at the game, same thing. We're like once Lee scored. It was like, oh, they're they're gonna they're gonna score, and then like a minute yeah. later, like fifty nine seconds later, Palmieri scores. Yeah, and w- once he ste- like they they just kept getting pressure, and like once Palmieri stepped off like off of the the boards and was just cutting to the middle. Yeah, I was like, he's, he's, it. I'm like, he's just gonna fire it. He has like 
Nobody's a stick, a stick length away. No one's yeah. gonna be able to block it. And he just fucking I mean, kind of a kind of a shit goal by Markstrom, but he did rip that. Like right. it, it it's hard to when a when a guy scores five hole sometimes, and a lot of times a goalie's always gonna feel like shit, but there's either things that you can do release wise or or uh release wise changing the angle yeah where you can and just play like placement hitting it yeah the way he hit it it was like a goal score thing and like once he tied it it was like they're they're winning right they're they're winning this game and then in the overtime fucking that power sorokin again sorokin but right before that sorokin right right because that's right It, it it's not as if the uh the, the the overtime didn't start on a power play. I don't know why I'm remembering it like that. It 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 was because of what I thought was like you said, Kadri tried to do the game five overtime winner in the cup final, and the Islanders wound up drawing penalties on it. Uh, yeah, I, he makes this because I also think if if I remember correctly, or maybe it was that he made a bunch of saves right before on another like two on one, yes, or yes. mini breakaway or something. Yeah, yeah. and then you had that. Because I can't remember if if he like made the save and there was a rebound and he made a save there or that might have been the sequence prior where he made like mm-hmm. a bunch of saves. But yeah, yeah. Once once the arm went up, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, they're, winning. they're yeah. so fu- they're, they're so fucking winning. The energy in the arena was fucking amazing, right? And, Especially and, and even for it not being well attended, right? And Dobson, Dobson shooting this year, another like big thing. He likes to score Dob- overtime. That guy, Dobson, can fire it. It is yeah. crazy. He is the best power play quarterback that they that outright probably right. And and I think we're already approaching territory better um, than Strite. Better than Strite because Strite Strite was great. Strite could score. He could he could join the play. Great passer. They didn't have him in his prime kind of towards the end well he was a late bloomer but it, it's more that just specifically dobson can can one time it i yeah. never really remember strike didn't either didn't do it much or just the power play ran between him and um a guy i'm forgetting about um <laughs> but probably uh, not important probably not important probably not important um, yeah probably, uh, probably a guy who will be forgotten to history forgotten <laughs> Um, but but uh but but I, I think Dobson the fact that he has a one timer yeah. is like it is, and we'll get to uh, we'll get to Pulak in a in a bit at some point uh, in this. But I think um, like the thing with Pulak is is that he great 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 hands like surprising hands like but great great shooter great passer can't can't figure out great the power vision. play. Yeah, you can't. It's can't just the skate. I, I think it really is just skating. It's that it's yeah. that he he likes to shoot from the top. He doesn't yeah. like to be he doesn't like to be a a trigger guy. He likes to shoot from like pretty much dead like dead ahead, and he beats guys yeah. clean. Oh yeah, dead yeah, ahead. Yeah. But yeah. like he likes to play from there. But he's not like a classic power play quarterback type. Yeah, and and his footwork's a little bit wonky, so you usually. With how fast every penalty killer is now, yeah, you like yeah, I, you, it's it's insane. You have to guard against it. Like it, it didn't used to be that way, but now it's like 
every penalty killer. You're, you're the best skaters on the other team. Always are the penalty killers. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a good it's a good evolution of the game, honestly. Dobson, Dobson, um, Dobson, Dobson has the skating to be able to to you know catch up to plays and and is just agile. He's he's really the full package. Like and uh, which him is why Nick, it. Yeah, yeah. Which is a reason why Nick Letty was good. To, I'm not going to say good on the power play. I'm going to say good to have on the power play. Um, and why he was able to cover up so many of his mistakes. Uh, but but he was just dumb as fuck. He was dumb as shit. Whereas whereas Noah Dobson is much is smarter, smart, confident, uh, a, a large son, part of but, a team, uh, part of a, currently part of a team that is not a bunch of dirt bags. Got a lot of things going correct. for him that Nick Lady does not. Um, correct. So let let's skip over that Rangers game then. And talk about the, uh, the the Blue Jackets game, just so we can cover the ones that you were at. And also, it's kind of two home, two away wins, right? Yeah, they so won th- that's Ottawa. how we'll do it. Yeah, that's how we'll do it. Um, yeah. with, with Columbus, I mean, so the atmosphere was awesome. Even though they had the deflating loss against the, the Coyotes. Or deflating is the wrong word, but just the flat. The flat yeah. uh, game against the, the Coyotes. Um, it The energy was still... It was it was pretty full, yeah. Um, just like the fucking like the Heineken fucking terrace was packed. Like it was one of those things where it was like kind of the premise of what Islander games at UBS are supposed to be, right? Is that like a lot of fucking people are there, like just a lot of people clearly having like very excited to be at the game and having a lot of different places to be and hang with people. Sure. And ways to have fun at the uh, at the arena, and and you know that was a game where I'm looking at the box score now to see if they were ever so they were never down three one, but they they kept having to to it come was, back. It was constant one goal. I would this was one that I did not get to watch, and I constantly I remember checking my phone and just being like down one, down you know oh tied up down one tied up. It just constantly, yeah. and if I'm not mistaken, this is the same night that the Avalanche beat the uh, the Hurricanes and helped out a little bit. I believe it is. so. It is. It is. Yeah. But yeah, you know the things the things that I caught from from that game. So yeah, like I said, the energy was great, and again, Sorokin was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, even if he, even if he was that he, if he uh, wasn't as tested as some of the other games. But he uh he was fucking great. I mean the the key you know takeaways there were fucking Nelson, uh, two goals, Nelson right? is Nelson two goals and and he's just uh, man it, his his scoring pace is up. It's back again. So now, yeah. now you know he he he's he's already got eight goals uh, in seventeen games. So him possibly hitting thirty. Again, oh yeah, definitely I, is possible. I, I I think I think it's very much in the cards, and um, it it, and, it really and, speaks it speaks to my goal, like legitimate goal scorers who are not superstars are just streaky. It's just it, it and and in order to not have you like for them to not make you go insane, they have to bring other things to the table, which I think Brock Nelson does pretty good. He doesn't Brock's make learned. you frustrated. Doesn't make you frustrated like like. When when everyone went on those streaks, I remember you know just like the the base being just like what's the point, 
uh, it was a big problem with the, it's, it's always been a big problem for a guy like Matt Duchesne. I, I know that like Alex DeBrinkett's kind of going through it right now. I think, uh, he, sc- he scored tonight. He scored, he scored against the, the Islanders and, and he scored tonight. He, so if I'm not mistaken, was cold as hell and now is, you know, heating up. He's, they're, they're streaky. These guys that aren't superstars. It's just like, it's just what goal score when you're like uh, we need a goal scorer it's it's going to be that that's why having someone like Brock Nelson who is not just it, you know and and none of these guys are just goal scorers really because they wouldn't be able to stay in the league if they weren't but you visibly see Brock Nelson bringing something else to the table good penalty killer good you know just good all around to have on the ice you you're i'm never really very nervous when he's on the ice honestly and and also I feel like another thing is uh with Brock is that I mean if again to your point like streakiness okay there's a lot of streakiness right and and to me like it's if Brock is now your streak your production um in spite of your streakiness speaks to what quality of player you are and by that I mean if Brock is now a guy that is a, you know, a guy that will be streaky, but uh, at the end of it, got you like thirty-two goals. That's that's yeah, good. Like that, that that's whereas the guys that are like in the Beauvillier territory, uh, where it's like seventeen, maybe like twenty. Those like- are guys that are, <laughs> and those guys are annoying because th- those guys are always hard to deal with as far as like. Um, he as straddles. far as <laughs> and as far as as far as figuring out like contracts and 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 how much you're sure, supposed to account course. for them, those are those are super difficult guys to. Whereas Brock, you know, because he he's becoming you know maybe a thirty-ish goal guy now, yeah, uh, com- like comfortably a thirty-ish goal guy is huge. Thirty-ish goal, sixty-ish point, all situation center, it's like great. that's great. Uh, uh, deep that the that is legitimately the number one thing even above goaltending deep deep center depth and is, and is, yeah and the other thing from that uh at least like super specific player experience um or, or perspective is fucking scott mayfield clearly he heard that i took him off the trade block it, it, a couple, about, a couple of pod, a couple of podcast seasons on the trade block, and he was nervous. He gri- gripping the stick so tightly, and he's That's clearly the thing. Just... He wasn't. He wasn't gripping the stick. He's he's always he's been he's always been he's always been solid. He's no always, no. He's, he's he's definitely better since I took him off the trade block last episode. He's been very good. He's always earned his paycheck, and now. He's now never looked is. as good as he has Agreed. since I the agree. trade I, block was okay. rescinded. I, I agree. I do. I do agree with that. Uh, they had an un- you know unbelievable goal against the Avalanche. Uh, that great goal. Um, that backhander was that backhander against the um... backhander was against the 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 <laughs> yeah the tying goal. Like again, it was one of those things where it's like you're getting the feeling that the Islanders are going to win this game. And what's really nice about the Islanders now and the way they're playing is like, again, Sorokin is like, it, it, 
I'll, I'm, we, we always are going to want to talk about him and we always will talk about him, but we almost have to like make the fact is that he's so implied like sure. his success, the Islanders success and his, like uh, his excellence is so implied that I don't want to belabor it too yeah. much. Um, but like, uh, it's that like you get, like you get feelings like, okay, I see, I see, uh, Scott Mayfield. I, I, I see Kyle Palmieri who uh, like a year ago just felt like, uh, geez, this is going to be a long four sure. fucking years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, like, okay. When he, depending on how, like a, so many different players like are are pulling their weight and just you just need a couple of them to have big moments and that's enough to get by and like mm-hmm. fucking Mayfield going forehand backhand <laughs> across his body and I just was like and it was one of those things it looked crazy it looked crazy live I think I was the f- like far <laughs> from him. So I got to see it like yeah, yeah, yeah. opposite end of the rink. And it was like, that looked kind of crazy to me. Like, did he, that went high, but it looks like he went backhand. And like watching it back on the replay when I got home and it's like, no, he, yeah, he did cut middle, forehand, backhand, and across his like far side, that the side zone, that he's man. cutting away from. And it was, it was fucking, and it was just like, all right they're going to win this game. Sure. Like, sure. Yeah. like you're not losing this game. And a, a thing to watch out for here again, Jared Hiller, another, you're getting another shout out here. Barzell Mayfield uh, connection. They, uh, they seem, they, they seem to be, ha- they seem to have something, you know, it's, it's, they, they've, they've got a funny dynamic. You got the squirrely fit guy. And then you have the big dumb hunk of shit. <laughs> Got to be nicer to Scott Mayfield, man. He's well, as, no, you, as you said, he's not on the as, trade block. As you said, career Islander. You said fuck it, Scott Mayfield, career Islander. Yeah, let's give him. Let's give him like another deal. Let, let's give him another deal. Eight times two point four. <laughs> What yeah, you he previously got four times or what what did he get before? Like it's, four times so, two point four is what he's is is what he's making. So just oh, okay. you know what? Let's just let's just keep that going, Scott. I know that you've probably earned more, but it would actually eight, be better. Eight times two point four. <laughs> now nah, that would be that wouldn't work for him. Three point four. No. Go one million more. Hey man, I, I mean he's a third pair guy. You give him eight years of that, he probably takes it. Those guys last forever, right? Hard, hard, hard hitting, uh, third pair defense. They last forever. But <laughs> well, <laughs> but he, but like you know, he, uh, he looks, he looks great. That fucking goal was crazy. This guy's like flair for dramatic goals are are insane. And also the tying, um, not the tying goal. The uh, I might be mixing up games here but uh sebastian aho uh sure psychotic psychotic he he had the goal in the in uh in the flames game jumping in the play yeah and he had uh that that uh i believe it was the first nelson goal or no well he had an assist 
regardless, he's looked great in. I I couldn't agree more. I don't. Someone in the chat said offensively, that... offensively. Yeah, sure, def- sure. He's he's a nightmare. I I, I think he's he's a I, bit of a nightmare defensively. He's been still. bad. He's it, it, at least visually, he's been better than last year. It's okay. It's, he's not last making year, me he lose was one my of the worst. fucking mind. Yeah, last year was one of the worst defensive performances I think I've ever seen. He would like routinely choose the wrong the like he choose the wrong path to the puck behind to, the net he to, would to, he would to sum it up it felt like he was in over his head it really did and now it yeah. it feels like he thinks he belongs on the team you know what and, i mean yeah 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 and 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 i mean he's i think definitively he's won this spot from like un- unless he has like bad stretch I would bad say two three games two I would say maybe three. Maybe he's even earned three because it's like you might as well accept that this is – if if he's going to become a pro, this might be the last stretch of, of – he's mm-hmm. doing what you wish Bellows would have done the equivalent sure. of. You sure. know? I know we, we got a listener question about Bellows, a guy that – have not thought about one fucking time since we got that listener but, question. But but uh like you what know, Ajo's looks good. But making um Lou, and, making Lou look like an idiot, I'm sure, right? Yes, he's Does uh, he he's, have he's any killing. points. <laughs> um but uh about uh, the last thing about that that Blue Jackets game, Parise yeah. and like Parise talk about rewards. It, it feels like you know the averages are returning this season. Yeah. The way last year everything went wrong, and like you had things like Parisa who who worked his ass off from game one to game eighty two, and he's the one player in that godforsaken season that played every single game. Yeah, that guy rocks. We love Zach, and, who scored the overtime goal. Him getting that overtime goal was fucking amazing. I love that fucking dumbass line A. Sprained his little baby dude, ankle. Dude, so, so that. Whoa, mama, baby. <laughs> that I, it, it really, it, it, I, I feel like this might be a little obtuse of me to say, but like that, what he did, what Zach Parise did on that play is like a character defining play. Because yes. it's a thing. Where, seriously, it's a thing where so many guys would be getting hooked like that and grabbed, and they'd just be like. They'd see that the penalty was called and they'd just be like, that, you know, that's the end of We the got play. the power play. Yeah, we got the right. power play. But this fucking guy, man, he's like, the 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 play is not over until the whistle blows. And and that's what Line probably thought too, where he's like, Well, I took the penalty, like the play is over. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and and well I I I that is just like it's the epitome of something that like you you do something like that, like playing hockey growing up, and and your dad comes up to you after the game, and he is like, "That's that is exactly what you need to be doing." That that you do something like that, that is something that like it's it's a thing that that like in in my experience, my dad would be like, you know, that's that's like a perfect type of like you you can't give up kind of like it's like a, it really is like a character type. It's so it, like I said, it's a little obtuse for me to say, but it's a thing where it's like, and we wouldn't have thought twice about if he stopped either. If he kind of yeah. just, you know, okay, but, great. Well, especially because at that point you you'd be getting you'd be getting Pelic, Pajot, and Parise off the ice, and you'd be putting 
Barzell, Nelson, Lee, and Dobson. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and it'd be like, oh, they're going to, they're going to score. Gonna do it again. Yeah. Cre- credit, credit to Parise and also credit to, credit to Pajot for he's, pushing he's looked, it. He's looked pretty good. Because, because the, the only way that play works is to make that penalty happen. Parise was hustling, but, but to, to make sure Parise wasn't offside and to make sure he was, he was creating a, a viable passing lane. He was having to push the pace at the same level and then thread the pass on a two on one. Although luckily, luckily it was, it was the, the blue jackets who are in full Jesus for the love of God, please. We need points mode. Right. Yeah. Uh, put, put their three forwards um, out there. So it's still, you know, go, go, going to go two on one on a forward is easier than a defense, but still he had to thread the pass and he did. Yeah, and one of those three forwards was Johnny Gaudreau. And it was funny. I booed. I booed. It's funny. It's funny to boo all these people that are like, I can't believe this. Blah, blah, blah. We look stupid. Shut up. You're a moron. Uh, don't, I'm not going to read your essay on fan etiquette. Uh, go do with, your homework. Yeah. Go, go do some homework. Like briefly, like, bre- like booing for one game, a character, like a, a player who, that didn't come to the team that says he never spoke with the Islanders. I call bullshit on on that because I think that the representation definitely talked, even if he didn't directly. Dude. And even then, I think he had to have been there. It wasn't going to be a. And uh, and let's say that he's telling completely telling the truth about that, and and not even and he didn't even speak to the Islanders on any kind of level. It's still funny. On it's what, still funny. On what planet do these people live where where they can't laugh at something like that? It's good. It's funny. Guess what? Even if it's not about, it's not, not all booing is you betrayed us. Some of it is, Hey, we were tied to you this summer. We, we like the Islanders who we want to win, who you're playing. You're the best player on this other team. We're going to boo you. It's not that deep. It's not most of the time a playoff series. Anytime, you know, you play the other team, other team's best player, even if it's not like a, Famous guy, unless it's like a kind of a fully like random and kind of like unheralded team, like uh, the 20, like 16 Panthers. And even then they had Yager who who probably got a bunch of booze when he had the puck. So like, whatever, it was cool. It was fine. Shut up. Shut up losers. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go do your, go do your chart homework. Um. (laughs) <laughs> uh, 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 good transition from from that the Pajot pass into the Senators game because he uh he had a really great game against the Senators. The return he is not yeah. he is no longer French cooked. He's French cooking. Right. Um, he he yeah. uh he's he's, uh, he's looked really good. He's looked really good. I'm glad that the goals uh, uh, like him him getting the goal in Ottawa was good uh especially if uh maybe in the next year or so they might need to try to make some moves to make space for uh Aturati. but uh uh mm. we'll, see. We'll, see. we'll see he's he he's looked really good the last handful of games and like he has that parise vibe to him the man works hard uh the the, the, the man works hard he's eaten he's eaten that chicken parm maybe he'd like You'd like to think that also maybe, okay, a lot of the Islanders guys who we think, you know, are, are streaky guys, 
dip a little bit or have periods where they're off, maybe that'll be a period where Pajot pots yeah. three goals in three games or something like that, you know? Yeah, 100%. And, 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 and he starts to look like a guy that could maybe flirt with 20, 20 goals or something. That, that would be huge. Right now they're playing and producing as a, as a collective at a, at mm-hmm. a level. Uh, and Sorokin is stopping at a level that yeah. you're not, we're not worried about that yet, but, but, uh, it was it was a little bit worrisome the beginning of the year. It still it still does feel like I haven't really seen him firing pucks. He's, no, he's, no, he's, but but he's making he's making a lot of really smart hockey plays. Like the, got seven the, assists. Yes, and and like you know to highlight the the they highlighted it on the broadcast the the stick swap uh, on the PK the fanfic in, in the fanfic the fanfic situation <laughs> where 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 Pajot in the intermission said that. You know, because Shannon's like, you got want to switch sticks, and he's like, yeah, well, you know, I, I feel like his is really long, and and mine isn't, or so, or it, it was just it, there was a vibe, there was a yeah. vibe going on, yeah, yeah some maybe some of... cute, some cute uh, pictures where there's like blushy, blushy cheeks, right, right, right. <laughs> if, so it, if, playing... if somebody. If someone can can see about like we'd like to see tag through the island if you if you know anyone <laughs> that can make a a a little little fan ficky situation Mayfield's Peugeot. <laughs> um and and so uh, the last win to talk about uh in this little run is the the win against the rain the lowly New York Rangers. Um well and and a, and a tie a tie between those is 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 nice nice showings for Varley. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. The, and, the, and regardless, Ranger, of the Ranger goals, game was a little. Yeah, and and the Rangers game was a little shaky. But continue. Yeah, the other thing is they played the night before, um, and he, so, so they weren't as good, presumably. No, yeah, definitely no. The yeah, the the Islanders played the night before. The Rangers did not. They were rested. They should have had the upper hands. They did back to back forty. <laughs> they gave up back to back forty shot nights. The uh, the Islanders. Yeah, that 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 that's the the Flames game was the night before it, forty six shots and then forty shots for the Rangers. Uh, well, and and they they won both of those games, which is nice. Um, but again, it's it, it is kind of a thing that like the the vibe that I get from here because I again I I won't watch a Rangers game if they're not playing the Islanders or the Avalanche. I have even even in the conference final last year, it's just like. Why would I watch this team that I just simply don't like? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I I do not nothing uh, like even when they're getting blown out. It's a thing where it's just like I don't even want to. I don't even want to watch that. Um, yeah, you just watch Twitter. When that happens, you just watch Twitter. Yeah. But the vibe laugh, that I laugh at people, tease them. The vibe that I get from their base friends and and you know and just people that I see on my timeline um, is that they, they seem to be like a little bit soft and a little bit like soft, maybe not the right word with, with Ryan Reeves uh, being in the lineup because he is, he is hard as nails, but he doesn't play every game because he sucks. No. (laughs) Right. And, and Jacob Truba, uh, I guess, isn't necessarily soft either uh, laying, laying out headshot after headshot. Um, Well, it goes around, comes around. So, but, but it, it, it feels like they've got a little bit of a Maple Leafs kind of like they get, they, 
they're soft they're mentally soft it feels like is the um the kind of the the uh the criticism that i'm seeing um and being being told firsthand from a couple of friends that are fans of the team and i think that that is like kind of that was kind of on full display with the islanders game where kind of the the islanders were able to get one get within one and we're just kind of like hey we, we could do this again these guys these these guys aren't that fucking good man yeah uh, i mean <laughs> yeah so so i with that game i mean i didn't mean to cut you off but no, to, no, no. to that point to that point like so i was i was playing a show that night and and the set the set i played i i i did check out um every band that uh-huh. we played with uh including our, our our friends in horrible timing um new york city based band uh rangers fans but uh uh no no uh well actually yes the drummer was um right. but islanders won not the rangers so um uh but so i i i saw the first had had my set like the set was like during most of the second i think and then when i got back for the third period it was i saw like i saw second intermission end of second mission third like they're down three one and i'm like ah all right well makes right. sense makes sense the rangers are, rangers are, are are due to like have a a good night against varlamov law of averages like whatever and then pelic scores pelic snipes 14 yeah. seconds in and it's like all right they're gonna they're gonna tie this and win right right it, it, yeah i and again i was with i was with scott again and i think that his um it, it's very funny his pessimism runs pretty deep but when it comes to like them playing the rangers it 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 it, it gets overridden by this pure hatred for that, oh yeah, his that his anger his anger problem just, definitely just he, takes the wheel. It it does a little bit, and I I know Pelic scored, and he goes and he was like, "Good fuck the you know he was he said something like, "Good <laughs> fuck, fuck the Rangers," you know something like that where where it, it wasn't like, "Oh well, we're, we'll see where this happens." He's like, "Good, let's fucking go," um, you know yeah. So again, uh, that game, yeah, the 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 Pelic goal, um, the, the the man, the legal to fucking uh to win it too with the the trip. Beautiful. It's fucking hockey. Well, man. it's hockey. It happens, and uh, you know, I guess I guess you got just appeal to the league, get more of these snitch cams like you had in the Ottawa game, the snitch cam that that called that the <laughs> the what are we doing with all these cameras, huh? Taping each other all the time. It it's insane. All right, let's so you know let's let's pivot. Let's let's honestly, I don't even want to talk about these losses. Oh yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, it's it it was just to to to, on that with that. uh, They tied they tied the game on on a power play goal, which was huge, and and the fact that it was Nelson, like it seems like they're still figuring out the the power power play play, formation. It's looked better, but yeah. At least having Nelson be able to score that that trigger goal is like is huge because they've been fucking trying it forever, and the fact that he's able to to score on Shesterkin, who uh, fraud gore, fraud gore alert, <laughs> you stink. Third best goalie, third third best goalie in uh in in New York. Congr- congrats on the bronze. 
Craig Craig Anderson rocks, dude. Craig Anderson's number three. Ooh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Craig Anderson. Sorry, buddy. Honorable mention fraud. <laughs> um, but yeah, and the losses. It's like I don't. It, it was I. I didn't see the 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 Coyotes game, and and there, there's like reason to believe it's one of those things. There are games that you lose, and even games that that when you look at it on the schedule, like how did you? How was this the team you lost to? Of all those things, and sometimes well, the hockey, shit. Man. Yeah, the shit happens that way sometimes. Detroit might be a good team. There is a there is a very possible yeah. chance that it's a five five Atlantic, uh, Eastern playoff picture that includes Detroit. It's 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 that uh, was a um, it's, that that was a frustrating game to watch too. Where just like I didn't watch the Coyotes game, I got to watch the Red Wings game. It was a frustrating game where you know they 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 were kind of knocking on the door a little bit there was a couple of there was a couple posts it was just it isn't one of those fucking games what are you going to They're down do? one and the, and then Varley goes out for concussion yeah. protocol and then the, the immediately there's Sorokin untested has to deal with a, a breakaway yeah. a guy guy coming in on his on his on his offside like it's tough with it's the tough. whole net the whole rink to to take it. it it's it's one of those and in the in the Arizona game and it was a one o'clock game yeah you know yeah. And then the 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 Arizona game, it's like okay, we talk about law of averages and everything. Okay, the the Islanders had twenty four shots on goal that game and twenty three missed shots that game. Yeah. So they were just everybody that shot was yeah. bad. All of yeah. them had their you know to be a a what like a decent shooter in the NHL. You're like shooting at like what twelve percent, like twelve to fifteen ish maybe. That's yeah. like good, and it's like okay these were the games where everybody all those guys are shooting zero percent like they're all gonna have zero percent nights that's it happens Um, literally everything um so yeah that's that it is what it is uh i can i I can ready i can ready the questions if, if, if you're gonna make your statement i mean here's here's the deal the what do you mean the questions the listener questions, but before we get to that, you you need to uh, you, you said okay. you wanted to address <laughs> so the uh, the avalanche allegations. I mean, or the was it the, was it the game the the experience of of, of being at the game so interacting kinda, with me? That's that's kind of more the more 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 that than anything. I I wore mm-hmm. my I did my best Rob Lowe NFL hat impression at the game. I wore all black. I wore all black. I wore all black uh, an Adidas jacket. Just excited to watch two good sports teams play, play you know, play each other. And uh, what looked like was going to be an avalanche blowout, uh, very quickly turned. And again, it was one of those things where, not necessarily the goal to make it three to one. You know what it was too. There was just. There was a couple of big stops on McKinnon and and Rantanen. I know that he did score that um, breakaway goal, but there was just a couple of uh, just a couple of spots where I was just like, ah, you know, uh, th- this game could be, but you know, uh, it it could be a lot uh, opened up a lot more than it actually is. And those are the little, those are the saves you need to keep it three nothing, so that way it's three one. And then all of a sudden, you know, the 3-1 goal, not necessarily what I thought was going to get him back into it. I thought, oh, okay, you know, like I just, uh, you know, from a purely unbiased perspective, 
I thought, oh. like, I, I thought, I, I didn't think they were coming back from that. Um, even with the Avalanche being a bit banged up, I did, I just did not think they were coming back from it. Um, and then that three, when, when they scored the three, two goal, I was just like, I, I don't think, I, I, I don't think the Avs are going to come away with this unless it's a, unless it's a shootout win. So that, that's the, that's the thought I had when it, when it was three. Once the, once the Islanders get their feet under themselves, it's, it's, and it's over for shift, you. It's over for you, hose. The shift that Scott Mayfield, Matt Barzell goal. They're calling it the shift. In, I um, mean, but that that really was, yeah. It it was legitimately unbelievable. And then fucking, how many seconds? How, how many seconds between the goals? Uh, with the the Bovillier goal to put them up four three. It, it it was just. It was like it ten was, seconds later. And it's a thing where the game was fucking electric. And it was, I don't even want to say it was dead when it was three, nothing, but there was obviously some kind of, it was well attended. There was a little bit of disdain, maybe just, Mm. but, but a little bit of like, where, uh, but, but there was, there was a little bit of like, uh, almost like understanding, like the, you know, you're, you're playing the defending Stanley cup champs. There is always Uh, that kind of like, you never know. Asterisk, the asterisk Stanley cup champs. What are you talking? Because of the, the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court case. <laughs> uh, I don't. So um, all I'm trying to say is it really ramped up from being a three nothing crowd is very restless vibe to Jesus Christ. The Islanders are going to win this in fucking regulation. Um, and, and let me let me also touch on uh, something before we get to these listener questions, because. uh Yeah. Uh, I went to go see the Avalanche play the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. My first game at the Garden. Um, mm-hmm. It was okay. Uh, Avalanche won. Rangers lost. Um, Interesting. It, it's it's one of those things where the the arena gets talked up so much and the experience and just like it was kind of like going to. I've been to a game in Montreal. I've been to a game in Carolina. Uh, I've been to a game in Ottawa. It was, it was, it, it certainly was not the vibe of a fucking Canadians game. I'll tell you that much. Um, it, if, if anything, it more closely resembled the Ottawa experience where it was, you know, uh, it was, it, it was maybe not the Ottawa experience, but, uh, I'll say this. There was a lot of tourists. Um, definitely, you know, sure there's, there's a bunch of diehards there too, but it wasn't an intimidating crowd by any means. They didn't get super loud, uh, and there was a there was a pretty insane. It was a pretty insane fucking game too, very back and forth. Um, but yeah, I wasn't like, I really wasn't impressed. Entirely. Oh my god! Enough avalanche talk. My god. Well, I was talking. I was talking about the the experience of being in Madison Square Garden. Oh my god! All right, go, get, let, let's get to the listener questions. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Go ahead. The first one's from Tom. Uh, Tom Vicario. Uh, Bo is asshole. Why Charlie hate? That is clearly a a question from Mayfield. And that is a Always Sunny reference. Okay, I'm uh, looking. Oh, okay, I see. 
Okay, good. Okay, great. Let's keep going. Next, next question. Do you think Titan AE holds up against today's animation standards? So I never saw the original Titan AE. I believe that's a, like an animated film, uh, Y2K era, like where like everything was kind of focused on like future type situations. Okay. Um, haven't I'm seen looking... it yet. I'm, I might check it out. Favorite $8 joke made on the Twitter.com. Well, uh, I, so I didn't answer my James. Titan. I didn't answer the Titan AU question. I'm looking at screen okay. oh, grabs of Oleg, it right now. And that was Oleg Kavasha. It looks like it, it gives me a ninja, question. gives me a nineties Ninja Turtle vibe, which makes sense because this thing came out in two thousand on the dot. Um It might it, it might hold up really well though, because just because it's older animation oh, Sure, sure. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh uh Old Simpsons old Simpsons animation compared to like the new like like the way it's, I don't know, sure, digital sure. anime. Like it just, it, it's. There's a it's lot of character. I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think this is uh something that is kind of a thing with animated movies. But is this uh, this it's got three directors. This thing, is it three separate like uh stories or? I don't know, man. I'm not sure if you're looking at the right thing. Titan A. Titan A E Titan uh then A and then a period and then an E yeah I'm looking at period. it whatever I don't know much about this thing um I don't know a ton it's a about deep cut. animated it's a deep cut I had not uh, thought of this in probably the twenty uh, however many years it's been since that movie came out maybe seeing it on a commercial as a kid sure not a big animated guy but uh I just I just did a rewatch of Nightmare Before Christmas because a podcast that I movie podcast that I like is doing uh Selleck as a director and that's uh, uh I'm gonna have to watch Monkey Bone which is pretty fun um to get caught up with him uh uh yeah okay, so next, I don't know next, okay. next question James asks favorite eight dollar joke made on the twitter.com the the whole the the Twitter blue thing which I think sure in sure, the course sure. of in the course of last episode to this started and stopped since right last episode uh um, um i I, 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 I guess the best the best utilization of it is when someone says something that you don't agree with you see that they're a verified account and they've got like 400 followers oh yeah yeah I, I, and and then and then you can be like did you did you pay to have you you absolute fucking uh, you absolute fucking loser! Donkey. What's the uh the, the donkey some... of the day? The donkey of the day? <laughs> Is that what they do on the Breakfast Club? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. What? Okay, uh, what's going to be the Isles' greatest need at the trade deadline? Extra D, elite score, nothing. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's going to be nothing if they keep this pace up. Um, greatest need. I, I think extra D is probably it's one of those things where everyone wants elite scorer and there's certainly like a, a market for it uh, this year with Patrick Kane and um, you know, there's going to, there's going to be guys. Um, but I think extra D is the one that's probably cheaper and also probably a little bit more of a necessity, especially with the way that this team plays in the playoffs a little bit more of as, as a unit. Um, they don't necessarily need a Patrick Kane to go deep, 
but it might be the thing that could get them over the hump. But I, I also don't think that they um like you know into the final slash winning a final. Um, but I think yeah. extra D's probably you know because otherwise, what happens if Sebastian Ajo gets hurt, or what happens if Sebastian Ajo starts not playing so great? Well, I, I yeah, I mean, I think greatest need. I, I think it's it's. I think they need. Period. They they arguably need a defenseman. Now, yeah. as 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 good as 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 uh, solid, I would say, uh, on average, uh, that Aho has been, he's not a he's not a guy that I want to depend on to be a uh, a six a six D guy. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Wh- wh- where whereas the forwards for the most for the forwards, I'm I can live with with what we got on the, on the pro side plus. You know, when it comes to the playoffs, you have the black aces that you're able to to call up. You're able to just bring up all your best minor leaguers. Like, I think I do think that they should add scoring, especially because our uh, my friend Josh is looking looking a little looking a little rabbit farmish lately. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, so I, I lean a little bit more towards extra D, just because I think I think they need they need a 6d um because they're, they're they ha- clearly have guys that can produce and, and they're playing a system that makes guys produce um which is a, a big thing let's let's bounce off that to rich z isles asks if Lou could make a trade bo harvat bo horvat now or risk not getting patrick can at deadline uh if you're giving me those two options i say uh, as much as, uh, uh, here's the, here's the, the caveat with Bo Horvat. Um, well, I guess you don't have to extend him if you trade for him, right? Um, you don't have to, uh, and Bo Horvat kind of feels like a guy that would fit the Islanders culture and everything like that. But do you want eight years, you know, another one of these kind of like, it's one of those things where you look at five years into the future and you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know if we want that. Uh, they're selling. They're, they're also, Vancouver is going to be selling at the height of this guy's productivity. 100%. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, you know, who would help the Islanders more? I Probably a Patrick Kane. Uh, because they don't have a guy. They, they just haven't had a guy like that. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I guess the thing for me is that I if I had to choose one, I think I lean. I actually think I, I would lean towards Horvat because I I feel that if they were getting Horvat, it would be it'd be a bigger haul, but he he would be he'd be extended. He'd be extended, and 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 they'd get more out of it. Whereas whereas Kane Kane's much older. Um, uh, probably, Kane's probably going to the Sabres. Uh, not this year, I'm saying, but I think when he hits UFA, I think that he's, I think he's going to Sabres. But, and I guess, I guess I was looking at the questions. We, we can, we can kind of jump around by, uh, cause, cause a lot of them are in that same ballpark and then we can yeah. get to a bunch of, then there's a bunch of funny slash silly ones, yeah. uh, which is, uh, okay. So Vin asked a, two, a two-parter, has the fisherman been purchased? And if so, who? And then more importantly, of the teams who are currently asked, who intrigues intrigues you the most? 
Tarasenko, Horvat, Kane, pukey emoji next to it. Timo right. Meyer, Hurdle, someone else. So first part, Fisherman purchased. If uh, And if so, who? I got a Fisherman. I pre-ordered it pretty much. I think I waited like eight hours after they dropped. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to get one. Uh, and I got a Matt Barzell. Uh, should be coming soon. Um, and of those choices, Tarasenko has been, uh, been kind of thrown around. I, I, I don't think any of the Sharks guys are super realistic. Um, I, 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 I think Tarasenko does the most for the least, uh, for, for the least, you know, in terms of what you're going to give up, you're going to give up the least and get the most, not the, you know, it's just, I, I think that it's a good gamble, low risk, high reward. So I, yeah. I choose Tarasenko. So I do not have a fisherman yet. I, I believe I'm, I'm getting one from Santa. He didn't, didn't bring it early. Um, might, might be, but the, the, the holdup is that I really want a Sorokin and trying to figure out the path to getting a Sorokin that's actually stitched because the heat pressing, uh, I, I saw it within a span of, cause the, the pre-stitched ones are Barzell, Lee and Pajot kind of random. We're, we're theorizing that probably a lot of really good sales for Pajot the past couple of years. And and the contract extension made it yeah. like a one to go with, and like so like the the stitching the stitched ones seem great. Jared Hiller third hat trick shout out in the pod texted me like his uh, his Lee that he got today. He's like it's stitched. It looks awesome, and it does. And then I go to the Islanders subreddit, and the top post on it is the subject line: "Pissed is an understatement," and it's a guy that got a a, a clutterbuck. That's heat pressed and like the nameplate was like coming off, and I was like, "Oh, brutal." Um, so I, because I, I really, I really want a Sorokin. I, I believe that I believe in Sorokin more than I believe in the bad luck of my last goalie jersey being the DiPietro that I purchased the two thousand eight All Star Weekend. And if something happens, have situation. Some, if something happens, we have someone to blame it on. Um, and Tarasenko's my guy um, because he's, I think, it's going to be a reasonable cost and a guy that I, I could see them uh, re-signing at a, at a reasonable rate. Agreed. Next question. Uh, Next question. Uh, I, th- I think those are all the, the trade-related questions. So let's get to the silly stuff. Who would make the best? Uh, Rat Martin asked. Who would make the best 2022 ver- variation of the Dennis Seidenberg, Matt Barzal housing situation? Uh, there's aspects of that situation that I think are not ready for for <laughs> air yet. So just speaking uh, strictly from just visual and personality differences, I was thinking about this a lot. I feel like young you you want age differences and you want cultural differences. So I'm thinking Romanov and uh, I, I, well, actually Romanov and Johnny Boychuk because Boychuk's back in the org. I could see them having a it's like a, a training day, but but like a <laughs> like like a dude's rock version of training day, and and step brothers too. 
two, two, that's a perfect double feature, by the way, training day and stepbrother. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the training day of stepbrothers. I don't think that that answer is going to be topped. I, I, I was trying to find a good funny pairing to go with Cal Clutterbuck, who is among some, one of the older guys on the team. But I think you're looking for someone like Johnny Boychuk's the perfect because he's not on the team anymore. And that's kind of the, when the Seidenberg stuff really was at its height. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, I, I don't think that's going to be top, so we'll move on. That's really good. Um, will, will Colin McDonald be allowed to stay at John Tavares's house, even though Tavares didn't win the NHL 14 cover vote? Amazing. Amazing yeah. question, especially because, <laughs> you know, there was a time where I was calling for a recount there, but uh, <laughs> I rescinded i've rescinded that officially uh i i you know i wonder if 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 tavares remembers colin mcdonald um despite living i think at colin mcdonald's home or maybe i have i probably have that backwards it probably was the opposite right but uh uh will colin mcdonald be allowed to stay at john tavares's house i would say no because john tavares will not recognize he will say, I'm not going to let a stranger sleep in my home. <laughs> I I don't think he remembers him. And I also, I could see it being a type of thing where like, maybe Kyle McDonald's a bit of like a, it's a you, me and Dupree situation where he's kind of <laughs> like, uh, like uh, a 40 something slacker and, uh, and Tavares and, and the white and his, and his now like two young babies, I think, or mm-hmm. children are just like, it's kind of life's different now, actually, from <laughs> from then. Um, uh, let's, favorite let's, French favorite yeah. French Canadian player. You know my answer. Jonathan Drouin is who my favorite think, French Canadian player. Who I could see being a sh- like if the Islanders add a couple pieces, they add a sexy piece, but then they add like a depth piece. I could see him being the depth piece that they add. I. Uh, would love that. He is out four to six weeks right now as of yesterday. His price is even going further down then. He's he's hurt. He's coming in. You throw sixth rounder, sure. I don't care. Um fuck. Let's fucking go. Salary retained. French my, my favorite French uh I guess three French Canadian. Uh it would probably be uh it would probably be Claude Lapointe. Okay. Okay. Uh, sure. Okay. No problems with that. Next up, okay, because it goes one one's directed at me, and then one seemingly I'm I'm not. How does Desmond feel about Simon Holmstrom? I think he looks awesome. I think the preseason, and again, you know, all we ever see. I, I said in the chat, I'm super intrigued about Bridgeport. We're gonna take a Bridgeport group chat uh, trip. We're gonna rent out a suite. Um. We're going to live pod from there. Live pod in the suite, yeah. We're, we're going to party it up. We're going to wreck the suite. We're going to run away. <laughs> we're not going to pay the damages. Um, But, like, you know, the one thing I saw of Simon Holmstrom was uh, uh, was the preseason game that he played in, and he looked every shift, shift in, shift out. He was playing like a guy, and he started preseason playing with Barzell, which to me was a sign, like, they want to see how he looks next to guys that – that yeah. are fixtures of the team. And uh, 
and like yeah i i see him as the uh i think i think um bailey and Bo are very much are guys that might not be on the team um next season yeah. we'll see and i think i think holmstrom's a guy that can be a guy that that jumps in doesn't immediately fill their 35 to 40 point if you're Bo and 40 yeah. to 50 ish point if you're bailey although bailey's not bailey has five points right now which isn't great um yeah but like i see holmstrom as, as a guy that's gonna fill uh jump in and be a middle six two-way speedy nice uh i think i believe his scouting report is that he's like a, a creative like playmaking type of guy but it seems like since coming to north america he's really honed being a you know 200 foot all situation player um so i'm developing I'm stoked on yeah um my my uh portion of these questions uh, I just looked it up. Kiefer from Bellows Mike, is, from Mike, from Dino Dangle. Kiefer Bellows has played six games so far this year. Zero goals, zero assists, equals out to a total of zero points, minus two. How do I feel about him being waived? Probably should have happened uh, earlier than I guess. Um, Sashnikov, it's one of those things where I wish it had worked out, but it didn't. So I it will. Didn't. And, and I think it's the type of thing. Oh, well, it's the type of thing where I think that like the thing that it was supposed to work out for realistically, I, I think we'll see. Cause maybe tomorrow they end up, you know, they didn't call anybody up, but maybe, maybe Holmstrom or Ishikov who's been, who's been ripping it up gets called up and, and it becomes the type of thing where, you know, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think you're going to see Bailey in regular healthy scratch territory yet. But I do think it's the type of thing where if he's still not producing and, you know, he he, yeah. he scratched he's scratching the Ottawa game, which puts Wallstrom on the power play unit, which then Wallstrom scores. And it's like, OK, now if we're getting this guy going, you know, you're starting to see room where like maybe if Bailey becomes a, a, a occasional player and you're platooning him with one of these Bridgeport guys. I think that's not the worst thing in the world. And I think if, if, if that's where you're at, you're better off doing that than platooning. So then, then you don't have use for Sashnikov. If Bailey, if you're bringing in like a younger, higher ceiling guy, mm-hmm. at, uh, like a, a Ishikov or, or Holmstrom, you know, and, and they're platooning with Bailey, like and Beauvillier, then you don't need, you don't need Holmstrom because you'll have, Ross as as a usual healthy scratch, except for mm-hmm. when one of the fourth line gets hurt. Um he looked good in that Sanders game, by the way. But uh but yeah, so yeah, I, I think it's one of those things. It would have been nice if it worked, but the part of why it didn't work is that the minor league guys I think are I think taking are steps looking, that we like. Are taking steps, and I think some of them are like, you know, Holmstrom's Holmstrom was drafted after the first trots year. So it's been it's it's like time for him to come up. Yeah. Uh, did John Tavares ever clean his room after Bill Guerin on the pens told him to? Hmm. I would assume uh, yes, because he was still living. He, I believe he was living with Doug Waite that season. So I imagine Doug Waite was, because that was in, 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 oh, wait, no. Was Guerin on the? Yeah. I can't yeah Garen, Garen was on, yeah. Doug Waite and Garen were on, this, on the team at the same time. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, they they were, but what was was Tavares? Uh, yeah. So think about the cup. Oh eight, the cup with the Penguins. Was that oh eight? That was oh eight. And and no, he got no, no, no. Oh nine, they lost in oh eight. They won in oh right, nine, and right. Garen was on that team. So therefore, Tavares yeah. and Garen never played with each other on the Islanders. Well, forever. well he got he got traded the dev at the deadline that year though. And they want the year they won, which is 09. Yeah. Tavares doesn't start to 09. Right. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. I was thinking. So yeah. it, it must have been an, I think, I think that was a Tavares' like debut uh, chirp because they, his, his career started against the Penguins. So I would guess he did have to clean because Doug Waite, although Doug Waite seemed like a bit of a sloppy guy, but maybe I could see him also being a dick because uh, he was a dick to Shannon Hogan. Right. We don't like that. We don't like that. There's uh one and, question left. Go ahead, go ahead. You yes. you had one more thought. You had one more thought. No, yeah, I was just gonna read. Is from Will, is NHL '97 the greatest NHL game of all time? Here's why. I, here's why I say no. Here's why I say no. I I am okay. actually a fan. I'm kind of a fan of the modern games. I like I like I like how they you you can kind of play them like they're hockey. But mm-hmm. if I had to pick one of these fucking '90s games, I wouldn't pick '97. I wouldn't pick the the cover with the racist fuck on it. I'd pick the cover True. with I'd pick the cover with who I still believe to be the only the the I think the only player any era who could beat this guy in a one-on-one. My favorite player. The the only the only player throughout history who could who I think could beat this player in a one-on-one is Connor McDavid. Peter Forsberg, cover of 98. He is my favorite player. Fucking guy. And I legit name a player who you think could beat Peter Forsberg one on one. No, but, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna talk about video games. I'm gonna talk about the video games. So 97 was fun because it has the fisherman. It's like it's different things. It's like 97 is I think the nostalgia. It's still like I don't know. The the grail to me is 97 98 on the pc is was really fun that's what i played 98 on nhl 98 i played on the pc i also remember that because you had the the goalies had like um graphic helmets like the helmets like had a look to them in the game at least the pc version and eric fisho's uh helmet in that shit was fucking sharp as it was in Mm -hmm. in reality Mm -hmm. um uh, 2004 is probably the best mix of ha- starting to have like GM franchise. Right, it's actually like elements. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I think the, that's considered the, the yeah. Grail game, like as far as like total package. Looks and like then like oh, and and that's Danny Heatley, baby. What happened with Danny Heatley's oh. on that cover? Well, actually, then then he was replaced with with Joe Sackett because of the that's right, that's right situation. Right. Uh, but who, um, who? You know, some some are saying maybe one of the greatest captains to ever oh captain. My fucking god, GMs too. So the thing, the, the the thing about I love the the controls of the modern games and I love the graphics, but like I fucking hate how buggy, how buggy the like processing is. Here's here's what I chalk it up to. Seriously, like uh, the glitchy shit. I legitimately toss this up to. 
Hockey's ho- hockey's a strange sport where strange things happen. And I'm playing a video game of it. And so if if an insane thing happens, I'm just like, them the breaks, man. Those are the fucking no, breaks. But, so- but sometimes it's like inexcusable shit where like you'll pass the puck back to your goalie from like, you know, the yeah. from center ice and they'll just miss it. Like that that does not happen at, sure, at the but- professional level. I, I I understand that, but like, hit there, there's the ice, there's bugs, and there's it, bugs, but there's bugs where that's not what happened. It's not it, it if it hit I, a rut in the ice in I, a game, a hop over a stick or something like that. I, I'd be I fine with that. I'd be fine with if if it got to that point where yeah. like every every single stride that happens on that ice leaves yeah. X amount. If they want to get that fucking granular. I they would don't. take that. I, don't, I think that's but, the thing they don't. <laughs> but what happens is the the, the, gl- the the glitches are that like it's clear it's clear that like the pro the CP like the the computer processing yeah just didn't happen didn't make the stick stop here the way it like obviously would which is like means that the way they're programming the AI is absolute ass. All right, so. uh Ninety-eight, Peter Forsberg, two thousand four, Joe Sakic, and I like the modern games because they're fun, in my opinion, and they play like hockey. Uh, uh, before we go, uh, you saw Black Panther. Give me two sentences. Did you like it, and why did you like it, or did you like it? Just like two sentences. Uh, so I liked it a lot, and I appreciate a a, a Marvel a movie that, for the most part, uh was willing to treat itself like a a movie that cares about building building emotional uh suspense and, and stakes rather than telling you them okay uh i saw two movies very recently that i want to highlight decision to leave park chan wook uh really good uh and um uh structurally different type of way of telling a murder mystery detective type story slash love story it's genre bending it's cool um and the other one four four sentences a little bit there sure uh the other one that i think that you would really like and i don't know if you know anything about this and if you don't i'm so excited to give you the one sentence pitch on what it is about banshees of insurance do you know anything about this movie Name seems it, it sounds vaguely familiar, but I, I so director don't of think I've in, seen. I saw it last night. Director of In Bruges and Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Have you seen either of those? No, no, but I, I I've heard they're great. They are. Uh, I think that um, I I should say I I I haven't seen all of In Bruges. It's a blind spot for me. Uh, I like Three Billboards. I think it's good. Um, I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's good. Banshees of Insurance is fucking perfect uh and i'm gonna read you the one the one sentence the one sentence synopsis that is gonna make you maybe go see this movie in theaters two lifelong friends find themselves at an impasse when one abruptly ends their friendship with alarming consequences for both of them essentially two guys and one decides one day i you're kind of dull i do not want to be your friend anymore <laughs> and that and that and the movie and 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 the movie kind of kind of goes goes off from there. Uh, it is really, really. It is as something that movies can do. Really, you know, th- there's a ton of examples of like uh, 
dark comedies or movies that are so fun, movies that are really funny, but they also have this kind of dark overtone or like black cloud hanging over it. The, but but never quite something that's in, incredibly hilarious that also leaves you feeling miserable. Um, this this does that. Uh, very few movies are able to be as funny as they are depressing. Um, this does that. Well, it's like that's like us. It it is kind of I honestly this it's 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 really fucking good. I think you get a real kick out of it. It's very funny, um, and also really miserable. So, I think I think uh, you know I, I'm looking at the schedule. You know, Thanksgiving is uh is a week from uh from tomorrow. Um, we're probably dropping this in the morning. Yeah. So uh, you know, we it probably you know it probably not going to be able to to get back on here for another. Another two weeks. At that yeah, point, we'll like have that. uh, we'll have a whole, a whole, a whole, a nice batch of batch of games. Um, there there might even be some uh, meetup situations brewing. So uh, we'll uh, we'll 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 catch you after Thanksgiving. Have a nice uh, nice holiday situation with your family, uh, or alone if you like to be alone. You know, yeah. um there's places to go or, you know, internet, you could figure it out to, you know, pass the time. Um, this has been, uh, the 45th episode of through the Island podcast. Thank you again to Ian. Um, and, uh, let's fucking go Islanders, baby. They're good. Char boys, char boys. Saw trap. You're sick. Saw trap for you. You're sick to your stomach. You're sick to your fucking stomach. Go do your chart homework. Get in the trap. Get in the trap. Later. Later.